This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. And be sure to check out Monday Morning with Mo every Monday morning on Facebook Live with free answers to your legal questions. Injured in a car accident or dealing with personal injury, Mo can also help you with a workers' compensation case if you're injured on the job. I don't live in Florida, but Mo would be my go-to if I did. And the best part is they take all accident cases on a contingency fee basis. This means that they will take on your case, put up all necessary funds to build your case as strongly as possible, and they only get paid if they're successful in obtaining a settlement for you. There's no fee or obligation to ask about your cases, so contact Mo today. And make sure to follow Mo DeWitt just for his incredible promotional work. He's, he's a man after my own heart. So many pop culture and film references. I've done art for Mo where he's portrayed as Indiana Jones, Charlie Brown, Frosty the Snowman, Zach Morris, Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know if I'm allowed to say any of that. That's a, uh, that's a legal question. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo.com. You guys want to uh, grab a beer? Oh, always. Sounds good to me. All right. I got a spot. Hourglass yeah. Brewing in Longwood, Florida. I don't know. Now, listen, Doug, I know you're from out of town. This is the place I go for all my local craft beer. Delicious. 40 beers on tap. And the best part is it's a haven for nerds like me, like you. Yeah, the 240-seat Longwood Tap Room. They stock that with nerd nostalgia, video games, board games, cornhole boards. They even have a dog-friendly patio. You can't beat that. I absolutely love it. I mean, I feel like I know this this uh, establishment just from Eric's Instagram and Facebook because he's there a lot. Um, they support his art and the local artists in the area. And uh, I'm excited. The first time I get back down to Florida with these two guys, uh, we're heading over there. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Yes, the art, the arcades, the pinball machines. There is uh, literally an homage painted on the wall to uh, Rick Moranis and Spaceballs. I mean, what more can you ask for in a brewery? Hourglass Brewing, Longwood, Florida. Uh, Check it out. Go there. They are sponsors of the show. They support us. Go support them. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. What's up, guys? Welcome to this bonus episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe. I'm Joe. With me, as always, Doug and Eric. And uh, we got some announcements to make, guys. Hold on. Bonus episode? Yeah. <laughs> like for free? Oh, well, you lucky motherfucker! Everything's yeah. for free. So <laughs> It's true. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's backtrack. Announcements, you say? What are we announcing? Some things that are upcoming, you know. Ah, coming. Maybe some some fun times that lie ahead. Yeah. I think Fucking some, a. You know, a nice shindig that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. That you were invited to. Yes. Exactly. Correct. 100%. It's always nice to be invited <laughs> to things. Isn't it great? Yep. So, 
the big announcement for us as a show is uh, we do we record this podcast. Obviously, comes out every two weeks or so. This is our first live episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Uh, My Con Orlando Mystic Con uh, is happening on March twenty sixth. Yes. At 6515 International Drive in Orlando, Florida. It is a comic book slash fandom convention. I do a lot of these things as an artist, and I'm going to be at this one as an artist too. But the cool thing about this one is that we are going to have a panel. And if you know conventions, you know what a panel is. It's basically you have some hosts, you have some seats, you have some microphones, and something happens. Usually it's an interview with a, uh, you know, a person in the industry or celebrity or whoever. In our case, we are going to do a live show, which uh, is exciting and, and frightening because we've never done one of these before. Fucking A. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> we're going to figure it out together, man. You and us. Um, we're still kind of behind the scenes sort of figuring out what that's going to look like. Um, but what I know so far is that We've got a projector, we've got a screen, we've got some microphones, we've got a PA system, that's all we need. Um, You know, I'm kicking around the idea of maybe doing some clips. Uh, We've got about 45 minutes of airtime at, you know, for our, for our event here. So um, it's, it's just a matter of figuring out how to fill it, but whatever we decide to do, uh, we want to include you. So if you're in the area, if you're in Orlando around the end of March, March 26th, come out to iDrive to MyCon. Get a ticket for the whole show. There's going to be a lot of cool shit there to see. People watching, man. I cannot stress enough. If yeah, you're do not... we have to wear costumes? Yes. <laughs> yes. 100% yes. All right. Furry. I'm going, as, full... I'm going as, no, I'm going as diaper man. No. <laughs> <laughs> Doug is going to go as Diaper Man. Joe's yeah. going to go as uh, Howard Stern's uh, Fart Man. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Yes. And you should go as Blank Man. Blank Man. I got the skin tone for it. Let's do it, baby. Or Meteor Man. Either one. Yeah, you yep. could do either one. Yeah. But yeah, just just uh, even if you're not a, a Comic-Con person, which there are more of us these days, you know, it's it's becoming popular. It's a cool experience just to walk around and people watch, look at the cosplay, which is fucking incredible. Um, And there's a lot of cool things, a lot of uh, homegrown vendors, you know, people selling their wares. I sell art, um, which you are free to buy. But uh, yeah, and and obviously free. I was going to say you're free to buy for a price. You're free to buy. Phrasing. Yeah. You are welcome to buy. Awesome. If you say you're there yeah. because of the show, I may charge you more. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. But um, uh, also, this is uh, this is my first Comic Con, by the way. I've never been to a Comic Con. Oh, nice, nice. So, yeah, I'm excited about that as much as anything. It's going to be fun. You're you're going to see. Uh, <laughs> how do I phrase this? Com- comic book conventions are are amazing to me because I grew up really hungry for this kind of thing mm-hmm. you know being into this stuff as a kid felt like a lonely endeavor so to see like a big building full of similar minded folks is right strange and exciting even now um but yeah you'll see i mean yep. p- the the costumes people come up with it's it's uh it's incredible man 
the engineering. Yeah. Like it's just mind blowing. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. But yeah, that I I talked your ear off about it. So fucking come out, man. Um, <laughs> like I said, March 26th. Um, I'm gonna look up the hours now because I'm a little fuzzy on them. Usually they start in the morning and they end in the evening. That's all you need to know. We're we're gonna start ours our live show somewhere around four o'clock in the afternoon. So, um, yep, yeah. And the uh, the Friday night we're gonna be eating dinner at Hollerbox Willow Tree Cafe in Sanford. Oh my god! Yeah. And so, again, if you're available and you want to hang out, man, just you know communicate with us. Yeah. And uh, we'll definitely we look forward to it. You know, hit be us really up cool. in the the Facebook group and uh, we'll yep. get a message or going um, mm-hmm. Saturday, Saturday night, which is the night of the convention. We're going to go to show sponsor hourglass brewing. Yep. In Longwood. In Longwood hourglass and, brewing. Fuck. I'm so excited, man. Don't come for us. Yeah. Don't come for us. Come for the beer and the food. Yep. I swear to God, man, you're gonna have a great time. After that, we'll go do some either like doling pianos or karaoke somewhere. Um, hopefully we don't need to call other show sponsor or just call mo.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You never know, man. I drive <laughs> fucking yeah. you ever drive a car down that road. They should call it. I don't drive. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I have. It's been a long time, but I have driven down. I drive and I agree. <laughs> That's a nightmare. Yes. It's a nightmare. Yeah. But we uh, don't know what we're doing Sunday yet, but we may go to universal studios. Yeah, and we'll update everyone as as plans firm up. We will we will keep everybody in the loop. Yeah, we're gonna start getting so. these bonus episodes out hopefully every week for you guys. Yeah, um, well every other week. So you get yeah. one week bonus episode, one week movie, one week bonus episode, one week movie. You know, mm-hmm. vice versa. God um, damn, we are pumping out the content. Jesus, yep. this week's movie is gonna be uh, that thing you do. I know you were all excited for Friday, but you know Doug doesn't want to watch that. So. Nope. Nope. Uh, we, it's we now have special a, it's guests. a badge of honor now. <laughs> Kevin Equits from Equits Guitars. It's a great episode um, about a movie that's well made, but I don't like. Exactly. And Fair Joe's enough. reasons are valid and absolutely respectable. So, I agree. I agree. You know? Oh, and join the join the Facebook group if you're not already in there. I'm going to post all of this information there. So as that changes, as that gets updated, um, I'll change it there so you have dates and times that are accurate. And you're not relying on a, a very buzzed me at the moment to give yeah. you that information. And and you'll pin that to the top of the thing, right? And masters, that Man. way it doesn't disappear. I don't know how to do this shit. I'll figure. Oh, it out. Yeah. yeah, it's easy. All well, right. just create a pinned post when you go into the group, and then that way it stays at the top. What do I look like, man? It's kind of fucking millennial over here pinning. Oh, I was like that. I was like, that's a trap question. Don't ask me that. <laughs> I know what you're trying to do. You're trying what to flores I, me. <laughs> what do I look like to you, Joe? Huh? Sexy. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to move on now with uh, this bonus episode for you guys. Now that we've got our announcements out of the way, um, I thought, uh, you know, it's kind of fun trying to think about like what to talk about on these bonus episodes. So that way, it's kind of something cool and fresh. But uh, this one hit me as, uh, you know, out of nowhere, really. Um, I was just kind of sitting there, and it caught me off guard completely. And there's Doug missing the, the, the segue. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was the <laughs> that? 
<laughs> so, uh, taking this episode is about some movies that may have caught you off guard one way or another. Like something, it could just be you know one scene that caught you completely, like what the fuck, <laughs> or <laughs> movie that you're like, oh wow, this is way better than I thought, or a movie that you're like, oh crap, why did I watch that? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Doug, you got something you want to get started off with here? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I'll go by decade. I've got three different decades worth of movies here. Um, I'm going back to 1995 with the movie, uh, one of Leo's early movies, The Quick and the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a movie that my, my cousin Scott came over, you know, one weekend. And, you know, we used to like to go to the movies and there really wasn't anything out. It was February, right? And we said, all right, let's go. We we had honestly no idea what this movie was about. Like we knew it was a Western, but we had no idea what it was about. And um, we went and we came out of that theater completely blown away by how cool it was. Um, it was just an homage to Spaghetti Westerns. I mean, it had what is one of my favorite actors who was one of my favorite actors ever. Gene Hackman is the bad guy. Um, he was so good in this movie and young Leo and, uh, and, uh, yeah, sure. What's her name? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. You know, great actor. Well, no, she's not really actually a great actress, but anyway, um, it just, it caught us by surprise. It's, it's Sharon Stone. That's her name. Oh, um, yeah, it was, it's directed by seeing this. It's directed by Sam Raimi. It's on my list, but I don't know when I'm going to fit it in. It was directed by Sam Raimi. So it has a very Sam Raimi vibe to it. Like it's vintage Raimi. Okay. Um, And it's about a town that's ruled over by this, basically, you know, the old time version of an oligarch, (laughs) you know, Um, and the character's name is even Herod. Like it's like, it's just perfect. As in, like you know, King Herod and uh, Russell Crowe before Russell Crowe was known, um, is in it as well. Nice. Um, and it's about a town. Is yeah, it's it, this guy rules over the town, and every year he has a gunfight contest where they they battle to the death, and people show up just to participate in this gunfight. And you know, there of course there's a lot of backstories in it um, as to why people are there and what their motives are and such. And it just it blew it blew me away. It's a, it's it's a movie I'll watch anytime it's on. So that would definitely be my first one. Um, yeah, that's a good I, first I'm gonna, one. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never seen that movie. I've never seen it either. But yeah, but I want to watch it now. Surprise. Well, I again, it's on it my sounds list. Like the Wild Wild West edition of The Purge. No, it yes, that's exactly that that's a good analogy. I mean and and just I'm just going to I'm sorry to just to jump back in really quick just to touch on a lot of the the cast, right? Tobin Bell, who is Jigsaw, right? He's in it. Keith David, so something about Mary Mary's dad, right? Uh Lance Henriksen, Pat Hingle, Gary Sinise is in it. Um Mark Boone Jr. from from Sons of Anarchy. Um, this is like it's a it's a never ending list of these cool character actors there in this movie. So there's a lot. And I know, Joe, you're not a big Western fan, but this is an anti Western Western. Yeah, it's, I'm OK with some Westerns. Yeah, it, it, it's more it the story on what it is. And like, no, exactly. And I, I think you'll dig it. And, and Eric, I'm almost sure you will dig this movie when I when I get it on the list. So, yeah, that's oh, what yeah. it is. The quick and the dead. 
Well, I'm excited to talk about my first choice here because we we just recorded our That Thing You Do episode and, and Doug uh, mentioned this film quickly and in a very derogatory way and <laughs> it excited me because me and Doug are usually on the same page about things. Um, it's usually Joe and I who are, you know, who butt heads. <laughs> um, Locking horns. So I'm excited to bring this up because it is a very unpopular opinion. I, I admit that up front. So I'm going to talk about uh, 2016 Paul Feig Ghostbusters uh, Answer the uh, Call. Okay. This is the most universally hated Ghostbusters film. Which ever, one's that? Ever created. This is the all female Ghostbusters. I love this one. Because <laughs> okay. I love fucking Chris Hemsworth. Okay. Listen. <laughs> so, like... uh, if I'm going to pay it a compliment right up front, it's a comedy. And, you know, a lot of. A lot you of. You want. You want to catch you off guard? In 84 was, you know, it was funny. So, this is, uh, this is why this movie caught me off guard. Because I took my daughter to see it. And I've indoctrinated these kids <laughs> from birth. They loved... Well, love is a strong word. I made them love all the movies from my childhood. So Ghostbusters, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. The whole gamut. You know, we've we've watched these movies. And as much as they enjoyed them and appreciated them, especially Ghostbusters... There's, there's, they don't get to see themselves in the same way I did growing up when they watch Ghostbusters. You're either the secretary or you're the chick that needs to be rescued and turns into a dog, right? Yeah, right. Pretty much. Right. So to sit next to my kid and have her watch this movie and see it through her eyes. You could was... also be the chick that's getting um, sexually hit on by Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> oh, you or mean uh, Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Dana Barrett. She turns into a dog. You could also be the no, no, not that one. The one he's like with the cards. He's trying to trick her in the in the oh, office. The college student. Yeah, the college, yeah, the college student. student. You could be or that. Or you one. could be the the BJ ghost. Which why would you oh. want to be the BJ ghost? So, yeah. <laughs> to to sit next to my daughter and have her watch a Ghostbuster movie where she's gets to do the ghost busting was such a rich experience, and I and it wasn't really expecting to feel that way about it because okay. she connected with it in a in a like oh like well we get to shoot the lasers and we get to do the shit you know that, that the boys get to do and it didn't really occur to me before that that like yeah none of these movies are really geared towards you you know ghostbusters is not you're not the target audience as a little girl. Like it's very much about She-Ra, Princess of Power, and you know, right. fucking Barbie yeah. dolls and stuff. So that movie meant a lot to me because of her. I'll admit, not the strongest movie, not not Eric, the strongest Ghostbusters movie. You wanted somebody's gonna catch you off guard. Hmm. Now I have not seen Afterlife yet, so this is a statement based upon <clears throat> the Ghostbusters movies I've seen. Okay. That's my favorite Ghostbusters movie. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it's funny and they're assholes. That did catch me off guard. It's more of a comedy than like a serious movie. Yeah, it tried to it tried to hone in on the comedy thing and And that's what I responded to. Like Yeah. Plus I love all all the actresses in it. Like they're all great. Oh yeah. Funny. Including Chris Hemsworth. 
Including him as an actress. Yeah, he's a he's a funny actress in that movie. So, so that's pretty. that's my first pick, and I know it's you know, it's it's a pretty well hated movie, but you know, I had I'm, a, I'm with you. I had We're an not excuse to heads. like it. Yeah. We're not butting heads in this one, Eric. I'm and, with you. And I completely understand why it, it fits this category for you. I mean, it, it's it's great. It, it was an it, it's an opportunity for you to bond. Yeah. And yeah. share and and provide a pos, you know positive role models with your daughters and I think that's fantastic. I mean, 100%. I think for me it, it you know and it's funny cuz on the surface when anybody say says they hate that movie, they're, you know, called incels and women haters. <laughs> and we we've I I think I've firmly established the fact that that is completely not the case for me. But yeah. for me it was more an insult to Ghostbusters. Because Ghostbusters was when I was young, so it meant a lot to me in that respect. Yeah. And just the fact that somebody would redo it pissed me off. Well, Ghostbusters so, had the comedy was much smarter, and, and right. this, yeah. this was exactly. baser, you know. Yeah, you know. this was this was my level of comedy. <laughs> and this again, fart jokes. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, <laughs> and again, I, McCarthy. What do you expect? <laughs> no, and and you know the thing is, I'm not opposed to that because again, you know. Look at, at was it Paul Maya, was Maya Rudolph in it? No, uh, no, no. no Kristen Wiig at, was right. Kristen Wiig, but look at um, you know Paul Feig's portfolio leading up to that. I mean, he he has some great stuff that I laughed my ass off. Yeah, you know. Yep. So I mean, he knows what he's doing, and I like his I like his level of comedy, his brand of comedy. I mean, Bridesmaids was fantastic. Yep. Like I said, oh, the, yeah, that was Leslie know. Jones. That's who's in it. I yeah. forgot. Um, I love it. I love it. In the fucking uh, creepy dude from Silicon Valley, Zach Woods. Yeah, yeah. Ed yeah. Begley yeah. Jr. He's Fucking good. Tywin Lannister. <sighs> right. That was a good movie. I really fucking so, enjoyed that movie. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I might need to give it another shot. But, you know, it just, it. I tried watching it and I couldn't get through it. Yeah. But I think that I think there was definitely some built-in bias, which is not fair to a movie. So... No, based on this, maybe I'll I'll give it a shot. I I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a good movie. Um, if if you watch it through the lens of like a, a seven year old girl, you'll yeah. You'll, you'll like if you it just more. watch it through the lens of like you're watching a Twenty One Jump Street or that kind of movie where it's a fucking comedy movie, <clears throat> and take take out the fact that it's yeah. Ghostbusters and just watch it as a comedy, it's good. Because honestly, just real quickly, because of the backlash it received from actual incels and asshole basement guys. I was actively trying to like it, like because that angered me so. Because yeah, I, I have yeah. zero use for those idiots. Um, so I, I actively tried that Chris to Hemsworth like. Chris Hemsworth was the bad guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if did I'm you a... just ruin it for me, Joe? No, <laughs> no you watched it already. Spoiler. No, alert. I didn't get through it. I lasted 15 minutes and thought it was Are awful. Are you serious? No, I'm not kidding you. Uh, I tried. I tried. And I'm not saying I'm right for doing that. I just couldn't get through it. It could have been my mood. Because I really tried to go Maybe in. Maybe you like should try him. watching Biodome again. No, no that was, <laughs> trust me, that was an objective assessment of that. Well, movie. I was going to say, if no. I'm truly objective, I fall somewhere between the two of you, where I can appreciate yeah. certain things about it, but I, it did fail on certain levels as a, right. as a Ghostbusters movie. Yep, I, I, I'm willing to admit that I was in for it because of the girl, because of the girl sitting yeah, next yeah. to me. Okay, and, and she cool. was wide-eyed and getting to experience something that I got to experience as a kid that I really took for granted, which was 
that was kind of me up there, you know? Right. And, and yeah. that was the cool part about it for me. That is really cool. And that's a more, sure. much more admirable reason than why I liked it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you like the um, poo-poo joke. Yeah. That's fine. I'm going to go with a newer movie for my first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one really fucking just like out of fucking left field. I was like, whoa, didn't, did not see that one coming. Um, especially because like the movie that came out previously to it in, in the canon mythos of this, like really let me down. So, in the MCU, there are some movies that you know are going to be what they're going to be. Um, I almost picked Ragnarok as one of the ones that I didn't see coming because Thor 1 and 2 were so different than Ragnarok, the, the Taika Waititi. But then I was like, nah, there's another MCU movie that really caught me even more off guard. And like I had zero expectation going into it. I had just got done watching the horrible stink fest that is Black Widow. Um <laughs> this is the first movie that came out in the past, like two years waiting for an MCU movie after, you know, far from home came out. So the next one is about a character who I knew nothing about really. Um, and I had no idea what they were going to do with this movie or where they were going to go with it. It was a weird person that wasn't really tied into much Avengers, you know, mythos. And that was Shang Chi and the 10 rings. And that movie was so fucking good. that. Yeah. I I literally told every person I can I could talk to about how great this movie was and how phenomenal this movie was. Um it, it it blew every expectation I had far out of the water and I didn't even know what to expect. Um it it was almost it blew it out of the water like a dragon coming to kill a mythical creature to save the day. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I thought it was amazing. I, I guess because I saw it a little bit later and yeah. heard the reviews and heard you talking about it that I expected it to be great but you know that doesn't always mean I'm going to think it but I was absolutely not disappointed at all it met every expectation I set for it, it it's an amazing movie yeah. yeah um I went opening opening day in the theater and had the nice big comfortable seats and I'm yeah. just everything about this movie was fantastic yeah. and and like I realized like I'm a fan of like traditional fighting like, you know, fist fist to fist combat, foot to yeah. fist way, the foot fist way, mm-hmm. foot fist, <laughs> like, right? Foot fist way. Exactly. I, I don't need like to necessarily have cosmic scale, big crazy fights and that kind of stuff. Just give me some good hand to hand combat in a bus, and I'm satisfied. And like this movie delivered in the fight scenes, like so so good. Like they were choreographed well. Like it looked you know authentic and real it didn't look fake they didn't do a lot of cheesy stunts they actually used you know traditional martial arts type type fighting um i don't know it just was it was just really good plus the dynamic of you know the father i mean yeah he was crazy and yeah he was trying to you know do something that he thought was you know it was a selfish cause but he thought it was the right thing so you know and then at the end you know he when he realizes you know he fucked up his family. Like, yeah. Well, that, that's something like, that the MCU sort of has become really well known for is, is having a villain that is relatable. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's not the twirling mustache villain. Like, you know, the great MCU movies, like even Black Panther, like Killmonger, you, mm-hmm. you understand what their motives are. So even yeah. though they're wrong, you get it. And But typically, like, though, even like in these cases... 
you don't get the character at the end like regretting their choices. Like when Ego died, he didn't regret it. When Killmonger died, he didn't regret it. None of them right, regret right. it. But you can see in his father's face as he's dying that he regrets oh, yeah, yeah. that he fucked up his entire family. Like that the thing that really mattered in this world, he basically right. threw away. Yeah. Yep. For yep. power. And yeah. um like you like that moment when like he just, you know, gets his soul taken away and he gives the rings to, to Shang Chi. I mean it's just like like the power in that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you completely. I mean, it's funny. I'm not, this isn't on my list and it's all not going to great detail, but my MCU movie that falls into this category is the first guardians. Yeah. I had yeah. zero expectations Whew. for that movie. Yeah. I, in fact, before, when I started reading about it, I knew nothing about the guardians and you know, my son, Tim mentioned something about rocket, you know, a talking raccoon. And I'm like a yeah. talking raccoon. Are you for real? <laughs> So, and then that movie just, you know, James Gunn and the whole bit just blew me away. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. You well, since we're on it, we might as well just move it. I mean, did you have anything else you guys wanted to add to Shang-Chi or? I was just no, going to say. No, other than I'm it, completely oh, Aquafina. sorry, Erica. Aquafina was fucking amazing. Right? Wasn't she amazing? She was great. Yeah. I, yeah. I, what I dig about that movie, too, is is you have to remember these comics in the 70s, like the Shang-Chi and even some of the Luke Cage stuff, like that black exploitation stuff. Yeah. Um. It, it was mad racist. Like, a, oh, yeah. A lot yeah. of it. Um, you know, Bruce Lee was really popular and everyone was trying to capitalize on this this sort of love for Asian culture, but it was a little misguided. Yeah. So the fact that they took that and transformed it into a vehicle for, like, celebration of, of Asian yep. heritage. Right. That was really cool, man. Like, it's, oh. it's you know... Yes. And then the other part that caught me off guard in the movie when fucking Trevor Slattery's in the fucking jail with the weird little Morris yeah, thing. It was so great. <laughs> the performance was, was so great. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Just everything and, this started to yeah. finish. Like, they always said the only bad thing in this entire movie to me, only bad thing at all, was stupid Razor Fist in his car. I'm like, <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I honestly thought they put that in there as, as sort of a comic relief. I, well, I agree my, with my, you. My big gripe with it is... First of all, the car was stupid as fuck. Like, I mean, yeah. the car, and they they tried to make it like it was a cool car because it's electric, and well, she's like, just "Oh, a, I'm driving that." That's just an homage to the pussy wagon, and uh, and yeah, that's uh, true. Those Tarantino uh, Kill Bill, like, Kill Bill, but yeah. yeah. The whole thing is, why is his right hand man the most white dude you can possibly get? <laughs> <laughs> And his right hand man doesn't have a right hand. He has a weird sword that where the fuck does the sword come? Like, is it inside of his arm that he like up in his shoulder and he just clunked it? Like, where the fuck does this thing even come from? Yeah. Like, I'm not like saying, I think it's the weakest part of the movie, but yeah, I, I, I just yeah. looked at the humor of it. Um, I just think that that character could have been recast as someone better like that is yeah, more appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the only gripe I have with this entire movie. Other than that, I fucking loved the movie. I thought the movie was amazing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, all right, my my next movie is uh, from looking at my list here. I got a bunch, but uh, it's from 2004. Um, it's a movie that the, I did not see in theater. It came on cable, and I was completely addicted to it immediately, uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, um, great one. It, it It's just, it's got everything in it. You know, the comedy is flawless. The fight scenes are absolutely, the choreography is absolutely amazing. You got superheroes and everything in it the landlady like she steals yep. the friggin movie uh she's the best ever with that cigarette dangling out of her mouth and her hair and rollers and 
Uh, yeah, I mean, again, my, my boys were old enough. Even Hannah was old enough to watch that. We would watch it like on a Saturday if it was on cable and just laugh our asses off and just stare at the screen. So that's yeah, definitely, that was a by a surprise. Yeah. Movie. Right. Isn't it? So yeah, I, that's on my list. Who knows when we'll get to it, but it's definitely on my list. It'll be interesting to do that one, you know, with subtitles or dubbing or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's a very cool movie with a great story. So that's my second one. Yeah, I agree. I'm on board with that 100%. Cool. That's a great movie. I remember when I first time I watched it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a bunch of movies in that time frame that kept coming out that were like that similar to that style. Shaolin Soccer came yep. out first. Yeah. And then Kung Fu Hustle came out. And they're both along the same. I think they're made by the same filmmakers and a lot of the same stars are in it. Um, yeah. Shaolin Soccer was great, too. But it was. The Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle was so much better. Because it was more epic. It was an actual, yeah. it was an epic movie. There was so much going yeah. on. You know, and uh, yeah, just what, fantastic. What was Crouching Tiger in relation to those? Movies? I was getting ready to ask the same question. Before I believe that was in the nineties, I'll look it up. But, okay. Um, what about just... Foot Fist Way? <laughs> Danny McBride. <laughs> 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 yep. Hey, look, Foot Fist Way gave us Danny McBride, so there's nothing wrong with that movie. It That's true. Oh yeah. Beautiful, Hell yeah. You know that. It, fe- oh. it, it felt like Crouching Tiger. Kenny fucking sort of... powers. Kenny Powers is a, oh my god. Yeah. I just I just deep dived into Kenny Powers actually. Um, but yeah, Crouching Tiger, it felt like that, the wire work and all that stuff, like yeah, really, that was 2000. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There was, there was definitely some of that in, uh, in all of those movies, man, like that wire work that they sort of, the Americans got to see for the first time, like on that yep. scale, you know, it's funny that like back to back, we had like Kung Fu style movies with yeah, uh, was... Shang-Chi and then Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. Um, I'm about to fuck it all up. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. Fuck it up. All right, my second pick My second pick is a, a film called Adaptation. Oh, oh fucking yeah. love this. Yep. With Adaptation the... f- ruined my night, man. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> um, who is it? Uh, it's, um, <sighs> it was Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage. But he was being... Um, Charlie Kaufman. Fucker? Yeah. Yeah. Kaufman, Andy Screenwriter. Kaufman. Not Andy yeah. Kaufman. <laughs> or, no, sorry, Kaufman. <laughs> that would have been a weird movie, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And hey, that's Jonathan Demi. Yeah, you yeah. You talked yeah. about him in the that thing you do. That's yes. a Jonathan Demi joint. Uh, yeah, adaptation's a crazy fucking movie. It's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. Adaptation from the jump. Um if if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's it's a very it's a very interesting, very good, very creative movie, like all of the Kaufman movies are like if you've seen um, going all the way back to uh, said Jim Carrey movie uh, Eternal Truman Sunshine of the Spotless or, Mind Eternal Sunshine um, and prior to that being John Malkovich like he's he's one of the most creative writers Hollywood writers like with these these big movies that that comes to mind when I think of you know just yeah interesting stories. And uh, yeah, adaptation. Nicholas Cage is playing a, a dual role, so you get some of that split screen stuff. Mm-hmm. But it speaks to his ability as an actor, man, because they they couldn't be more different. These two characters, the brothers uh, that he plays, um, he's pl- the script. The script is the most bananas movie script <laughs> in the world. The guy it who really wrote is. the movie wrote himself into the script. The script is about a guy writing a script based on a book. It is fucking bonkers. 
And and it's Spike Jones. Spike Jones and the scene towards the very like beginning of the movie that really fucked me up was that there's a car crash. Um, yeah. Oh fuck. It is one of the most visceral, sudden, shocking things I've ever seen in a movie, and it's not incredibly violent or gory. It's just it feels very realistic and very. It's hard to watch. Uh, so go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So my second one, and I know someone's gonna have a problem with it already because fucking. That's way it's gonna be. Fucking people. But, but um, was the the adaptation of the famous story from back in the day, but this version is called Romeo plus Juliet. <laughs> I fucking I don't know why I loved the fucking Venice Beach and all the. Like the '90s gangster take on like this this story that's been told. I don't even know how many times. I mean, how many times has Romeo and Juliet been told? Even well, if it's not just Romeo and Juliet. Since what the 1500s? When was it written? When did Shakespeare yeah. write it? <laughs> I mean, West Side Story is a Romeo and Juliet. Yes, a it Bronx is. Tale is a Romeo and Juliet. Yep. There's so many different Romeo and Juliet stories out there, even if they're not called Romeo and Juliet. This one, I just I fucking love the aesthetic of it. Yeah, like. Where they pull their swords out and they're the fucking guns, like with like written on like you know with the names, of the dagger, uh, you know, the cool yeah. like kind of just gritty like street look to it. Um, I don't know. I fell in love with Claire Danes in that movie, like when I saw her through the fish tank, and I'm just like, ah. yeah. something about this movie just really like reached out and grabbed me, and I didn't know what to expect because, you know, I was in high school at the time. I think either high school or just starting college when it came out. I can't remember what mm. year it was. I think it was in the 90s, so I was probably still in high school. Right. And it just hit me at that right time in, like, you know, me and my Miami gangster-ass fucking ways. Uh, <laughs> just the cars, like, the the low riders, the, the, everything's just, yeah. like, kitted out. I don't know. Um, it was Chris Rock that, or? No, it was oh, Harold Perrineau. Oh, was it? Yeah, I it thought Chris Harold... Rock was in it, too. I thought he was Mercutio. Uh, maybe he was, but Harold Perrineau was, was in it. I know um, it was John yeah, here, yeah, the guy from Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah John Leguizamo in um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Claire Danes. I could have swore it was Chris Rock. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just wrong. Yeah, Harold Perrineau was in it. Um, I remember this movie being something that our teachers would show us at school uh, to try to get us interested in Shakespeare when it came out. Like, hey, young people, you know it what was I mean? Harold? Yeah. And uh, yeah, everybody. I remember people really connecting to it. Um, yeah, I guess I guess in high school because it was I like just so enjoyed this movie. What year? Let me see what year it was. Ninety six. So yeah, I was in my freshman year of high school when it came out. So I don't know. It just it just hit me at the exact right time, and like it was. It's my aesthetic at all because I love like gangland type shit, and like it just had that gritty gang violence to it that I really like was into. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean this this will be a movie a perfect recent example is that thing you do uh, J- Joe knows it's a good movie but it's just not his kind of movie that's this for me I know that you know when we do well, this I mean, the movie the story is fucking you can't well, no. fuck up the story <laughs> no exactly but I know that I will that I won't be able to find fault in it I, I my problem is and, and again this is this is built in bias I have a visceral hatred for Baz Luhrmann like there, there are a few directors 
writers on the planet that I just flat out hate, not dislike. I fucking hate him, and I can't tell you why, okay? But I can't watch a thing that guy does, and that's my problem with it, and it's not logical or rational, and it's not fair. But yeah, that's just it for me because everything you described, all those elements are cool I mean, to it's even me. Like a cross between like a Guy Ritchie and like a Boondock Saints feel right. to it. Right. Like quick, it's that same feel. Like, yeah. Like and I that, should dig it. You should like it. <laughs> I don't know. But Maybe you need to watch it I, again. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. It could be a rewatch for me. I've just got to get past Boz Lerman. I don't know what it is. It's like, well, again, it's like Step Brothers. I just want to punch him in the face. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's also a really hard sell. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're going to do this modern take on a Romeo and Juliet, but we're not going to change any of the dialogue, obviously. Like, it is what it is. So you're going to speak in that old English, you know, right. Um, yeah. way you know it'll either grab you or not like i think that's what i like about it is like they're using the vernacular from the original roman juliet like the old english and right like, everything is like is accurate to like the original story but it's got this like veneer of the like 90s all over it like 90s yeah. la it yeah. reminds me of like grand theft auto san andreas romeo and juliet right <laughs> yeah right yep no i i i get it i do get it so yeah, I don't know. I just caught when I first saw it, I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, what is this? What is this? Like, what's this? What's this? <laughs> All right, yeah. we're we're back around to Doug. To Doug. All right, so I'm gonna pick my my last one here off my list. I am gonna go with uh, 2001's A Knight's Tale. Oh, oh I like shit! That a lot. Um, yeah, I mean Heath Ledger. Before he, well, I think he had done 10 things I hate about you, which is my favorite teen movie ever. Like, I yeah, love that's that a really movie. good one. That's based on Taming of the Shrew. That's based on William Shakespeare. Um, so it was a young Heath Ledger. I mean, you know, Mark Addy, Rufus Sewell, Paul Bettany. It was Paul Bettany before we knew Paul yep. Bettany. Okay. Um, Alan Tudyk. Like, it, it again, it caught me off guard. I went into it probably thinking it's going to be cool. But I saw it in the theater, and it, I fell in love with the friggin' movie. I love the, the just the the direction of it, the way the modern music was put in this medieval twist. Um, you know, the extras in the movie were all like local Czechoslovakians or something, wherever it was filmed, and they were also cheesy. But they they got paid, and they did a great job playing medieval people living in the village. You know. Um, everything about it. And the cool thing is later on, so not in 2001, but um, when I, when my kids were in high school, they were all in the band. And one of their friends, I became friends with th their friend's dad. And this guy, George Vizina, he actually is, a, he's, a, he, he's a regular extra in movies and TV shows. He's been doing it for about 10 years or so. But he... He was married at the time, and his and the director and writer of A Knight's Tale, Brian Helgeland, was his wife's brother. So Brian Helgeland grew up in New Bedford right next to me and, and then moved to Hollywood and started writing. I mean, he, he won an Oscar for Mystic River and uh, L.A. Confidential. He wrote those, you know, wow. adapted screenplays. So this was one of his, I believe it might have been his first direction, direct you know, as a director, and he wrote this movie. So, and Tim actually got to meet him. 
the, he was he was on a a school trip with the robotics team in LA for a competition and George was chaperoning and they, they got to meet Brian and hang out with him in his mansion for a day. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, so it, it has an even more solid connection for me because of that. It was like when we would do the band trips and we would take the bus rides to DC or Philly, you know, these 10, 12 hour bus rides, a night's tale was one that would pop in the DVD player every year. And, yeah, and we would the kids would watch and it would calm everybody down and everybody would be into it. So that's pretty um, cool. I gotta stop you though. We've been like on the hunt for even so much as a best boy to to be a guest on this podcast. And you and know, you're, somebody. you're friends with a film, ex- <laughs> a regular film extra, and this is the first we're hearing that's about true. it. You're absolutely yeah, no. right. I I'm a I'm a durhead. <laughs> I guess I could say that might be a really cool idea. I yeah. definitely have to hit George up because the man can tell a tale like nobody I know. Hey, we so, got bonus episodes to fill. <laughs> yeah. No, dudes, thank you for the reminder and the, basically the <laughs> kick in the ass that I needed because, yeah, and then I could talk to him about maybe getting a, a, a Academy Award-winning director and writer hey, on the show someday, you know, too. He's got nothing else um, going on. Yeah, well, it's I guess it's a little higher on the chain than knowing someone in the music industry named Uncle Bob. That's true. That's true. Church choirs. Right. I apologize, and I will make I, I will make amends. All right, but yeah, uh, the movie in and of itself is just you know, it's a great movie. It's it's just a dumb fun ride, and and I totally dig it. Yeah, I remember seeing that in the theater with with some friends, um, and. That was the thing I was taken by too. I was like, "Oh, they put modern music in here, and, yeah. and this girl's hair is dyed green. Like, what's happening?" Yep. Like, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and did it in a way that that seemed natural, because because that's been done and done badly, or yeah. it's forced and it makes no sense. It, it yep. made perfect sense within the context of this movie. Um, yeah. Well, my last pick is uh, an animated film called The Iron Giant. Um. <laughs> I saw the Iron Giant for the first time on cable, you know, just looking for something to watch. And uh my god, that movie <laughs> that movie is good. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you like cartoons or not. I don't care if you like uh superheroes or or science fiction. It, that movie has so much fucking heart and yeah. Um basically in a nutshell, if you've never seen it, uh, it's about a little boy, and you know he's into science fiction. It takes place in the fifties, so you have like this sort of nostalgic veneer on on the things that he's into, like these black and white monster movies and things like that. Um, very much pays homage to that, like that aesthetic invasion, you know, UFOs, things that people were obsessed with in, in that era, and. Uh, he sees something crash into the woods, goes to investigate, and he finds this giant robot stuck in power lines, like being electrocuted to death. So he saves it, and long story short, they form a bond. Um, it's just a really powerful movie in the way that, like, E.T. was powerful. Um, yes. You know, just this connection between this, this unlikely duo, the friendship that forms... And ultimately, like, you learn about this robot's nature. Like, he was intended to be a killing machine. And, and that sort of, that comes out, you know, in, in, in unexpected ways. But the movie's ultimately about him fighting his nature 
and deciding, um, you know, who he's going to be based on what this kid taught him. So it's like Terminator 2, the cartoon? Yeah, it's got elements of <laughs> Terminator right. 2. It's You're got right. elements of, like I said, E.T. Um, it's just, it, it has a, a really powerful message. And I won't yeah. spoil, you know, the movie or the ending for you if you haven't seen it. Um, but it is, it's breathtaking, man. The way it's animated is is pretty spectacular. It holds up, um, you know, the it's not CG like it's drawn so it's still in that traditional Disney style but it looks very slick Um, yeah uh, that movie blew that I was a lot of things make me cry but I was in fucking tears that I was not expecting to be in (laughs) broken and sobbing over this fucking movie like oh my god just it crushed me it it absolutely destroyed me We've talked about this. Obviously, I just you know I just commissioned an Iron Giant uh, print from you. Yes. Because yeah, I mean I saw this w- with the boys. Um, Hannah was a little too young. I saw this with the boys in the theater, and I and just imagine crying like you just described first in the theater in front yeah. of you know <laughs> yeah. other grown adults crying like that. Yeah. And then you know we we as soon as it was available on VHS you know it was in the house and we would watch it all the time um i can't say enough good things about this movie um it's cool so brad bird directed this he wrote it too and that was before he did anything i mean yeah, this is brad yeah. bird who went on to do the incredibles and and, and ratatouille and you know tomorrowland uh, that's iffy but i liked it um, <laughs> i liked it too i, liked, I, I, I enjoyed it. that I movie like but you know like i mean he's done some amazing amazing movies you know he's a true talent and he was sort of floundering he hadn't worked much and then he came up with this and you know it blew his career up but i mean you know the cast was great harry connick jennifer aniston vin diesel and you know um yeah christopher mcdonald's i i I could go on i mean this movie is one of my favorites I'm, i'm with you joe have you seen the iron giant i feel like i have but i don't really remember it Oh, I'm gonna. I feel I'm gonna, like I've watched it at least once in my life. I'm gonna yeah. make your your heart grow three sizes, brother. Or I'll just hate it because I'm like this. I was, is fucking I was gonna say <laughs> it has some dark stuff in it. It does have some dark stuff, but not Joe's level of dark because it is an animated kids movie. It's rated PG. Yeah, but Joe like Joe likes. Speaking Disney. of dark shit. <laughs> Yeah. Uh oh. Another movie that. Now I want to say that I'm. When we get done with this, I want to just mention a couple other ones by name. We won't go into them, but I have a couple other ones that got me. But I had to pick for this last one. This one really caught me because I didn't know what the fuck to expect in this movie, and it's got some real dark moments. And that is Vanilla Sky. Yeah, oh. I love that movie. I absolutely love that movie. Such a good movie, but like. Yep. I didn't know what the fuck was going on at any point in time in this movie. Like, oh, absolutely. I, I, I've watched that numerous times, and I finally got it. But, um, yeah, that's not an easy movie to follow when you first watch it. There's no yeah, question and, about and, that. And but, the Jason, Jason Lee is not being his normal Jason Lee self. Right, exactly. Um, um, and no, Cameron that, Diaz, crazy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Penelope Cruz, awesome. Do you Tom know that's Cruise, a remake? Crazy. Is it? Yeah, it's a remake of a Spanish movie called open your eyes and Penelope huh. Cruz started in it in oh, the same role um, and I watched it and it's definitely a very different because the approach was very different yeah. 
to how it was created. Like um, the scene where Cameron Diaz grabs the steering wheel and just goes off the bridge. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, oh, yeah. man. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And then the whole twist at the end on top of yeah. everything. Yep. Um, it's also got one of my most quoted lines ever from a movie uh, in my personal life. And that's when Jason Lee says, I'm a pleasure delayer. He goes, you can never truly know how sweet sweet is until you've tasted sour. Yep. And I use that all the time because, yeah. you know, I taste a lot of sour. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, no, I yeah. use it. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot of lines I quote from that movie. Um, yeah. Too, it's a but great movie. It is. It is. It's fantastic. And you're right. It, that snuck up on me, too. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't know what to expect. I mean. No, no idea what was going on. I was like, I even the second yeah. time I watched it, I didn't really know what was going on. I'm like, what's no, going on it this took movie? me a lot, dude. Especially like to, again towards the end, uh, yeah. you know when, when the lucid when dream stuff, right? Talking, oh talking when he's talking to support and and all that shit. It's it's yeah, it's trippy. It's definitely yeah. a trippy movie. What, what year did Vanilla Sky come out? Ninety seven, I want to say. I think yeah, it's late oh. late nineties. I'll look okay. it up, but I think maybe two thousand. But I think it was late nineties. Uh, it feels like it was. Oh, no, you're right, Joe. 2001. I'm sorry, I predated it. 2001. Yeah, because it was like right when I was graduating from high school. Like, I couldn't yeah. remember exactly when. Okay. Yep. Um, there was a renaissance but, of like weird, complex movies that came out. Yeah. It feels yeah. like in that in that time, like Mulholland Drive and shit. Like, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, um, yeah, Vanilla Sky was Cameron Crowe, so I mean, anything yeah. he does, I'll watch anytime because yeah. I love his stuff. But. Um, uh, yeah, couple honorable mention movies. Kids, of course, was that was one of those movies that caught me completely mm-hmm. out of nowhere. I'm like, whoa, what the hell happened here? Yeah, um, Memento was another one. Yep, that oh, like yep. screw that movie screwed with me. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like by the fourth or fifth <laughs> flashback, I'm like, what is going on in this fucking movie? And it gave the world Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah, is what it did. I mean, that was his coming out party, you know. Yeah, and, that one really threw me. I'm like, what? Is, I just I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, I don't. I get. I'm like, half of them are like, fuck this movie. I'm like, I don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, Super bad was another one that kind of caught me because that was like the first movie of that style movie uh, when it came out. It caught mm-hmm. me in a good way where I was like, wow, this is fucking great. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, because it really was a movie about nothing. But yeah, right, yeah, right. I think the the drawings of the dicks like really cemented its place <laughs> in the pop culture. And then McLovin, I mean, just yeah. so that's oh, yeah. an ultimately quotable movie. No, I absolutely Ooh. love that movie. I got one that just sprang to mind: Old Boy, the original. Oh man, oh, dude, talk about disturbing! Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, that, that movie fucked me up. I mean, I saw the I saw the the uh, the Spike Lee version first okay because i didn't know it was a remake and then i watched the original version and that's a heavy heavy fucking movie speaking of spike spike lee uh bamboozled is another one of those yeah that's also a very heavy movie that's sort of like i mean that's like the joker in in the sense that i don't know that i i I might watch it again but i haven't and bamboozled like it hits you hard and i've watched bamboozled a lot i would actually put it on this I would put it as one of our movies, except for it's just so bad. It's hard. That's a hard one, dude. I don't think we could could get through it. Like, just it's it's not even close to politically correct, and that's the point of it. And like, that's That's, the whole point of the movie. The other thing is, I you know, as a white guy from the suburbs, I shouldn't be reviewing that movie. Like, I shouldn't be. You know? No, I mean, I fully got that movie. Like, it spoke to me. I was like, yeah, I was like, this is this is legitimately like 
for real how this would happen. Yep. Like white America would eat this shit up. And yeah. like the whole point of it was to prove the point that white America would eat this shit up. And like racism is not dead. And racism is not over with. Right. You know, it's, it's still, a, it's a good film to have discussions about, but it's tough to find the levity in it. So, to, oh, yeah. you know, to yeah. do an episode on it, it's, it, and like the thing is the parts that are funny, you shouldn't be laughing at. <laughs> like, right. Um, except for Paul Mooney, his like whole Mother Teresa joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, you want to talk where about? Where should a guy... I start cutting? Here yeah. and here. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about a guy, a stand-up comedian, Paul Mooney, who was hysterically funny, but made you feel so uncomfortable. As, oh yeah, as a white person, he yeah. he he was so good at making you feel like mm-hmm. you know how fucked up you are <laughs> oh what he would do is he gets you, know. you to laugh at the joke then he'd call you on it immediately yes for laughing exactly at you. exactly yeah uh he was a true talent yeah that was i think was it tom and dan who interviewed him and it was like the most uncomfortable interview ever i don't remember that but i would i would imagine it would be yeah, yeah. i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised. there was somebody i think it was i feel like it was them and like i was listening to it and like it just got really uncomfortable really fast and Tom, yeah. I think Tom was trying to like make jokes to get out of it, and like, and like he was just he was you know he was doing the Paul Mooney thing, yeah. And I think he does it on purpose, like just to fuck with people. Like I don't think he even like cared as much as he does it just to fuck with you. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's another one of those movies that when I first saw it, I was like, it, it just blew me away, like how like unique it was. Yeah, Ooh. I agree. There, um, there's one that just popped in my head too. I know we're going long on this. It's an interesting nah, it's topic, fun. but it's fun. I saw it recently. That title is escaping me, but uh, you guys can help me out with it. it the concept was um, a black guy using his white voice to get ahead in his job. Oh um, yeah, that was the thank you for calling. Thank yes, you or for thank calling. you for not calling. Yeah. The guy from he was in Atlanta with uh, Donald Glover. Yeah, dude. Did uh-huh. you guys see that movie? Yeah, it was I have so not. great. No. Okay. But yeah, that that was a very. I good, love that guy too. I can't remember his name. Very weird like, movie. It went. He's it such went a in great places actor. that you would not expect it to. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, I got yeah a couple of honorable mentions. First, um, well, the first Kingsman movie. Oh, oh yeah. I had yeah, no idea what to expect going into that, and I I fell in love with it. I mean, it's a great fucking movie. And um, Edge of Tomorrow, Tom oh, Cruise and Emily yeah. Blunt. That movie caught me off guard, and I will watch it anytime it's on. I think that's one of the best science fiction movies I've seen, and I absolutely love it. I love the story. I love the acting in it. Um, yeah, to- totally dig that. Because I fucked this up completely. It's Sorry to Bother You. Sorry yes, because he, he's his name a is telemarketer. Keith Le- Le- Stanfield. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, he's sweet. such a great actor. I yeah. love him in fucking Atlanta. Like he's my favorite character in Atlanta, and I, you know, and that's saying a lot because Donald Glover's in it, and I fucking yeah. love Donald Glover. He's oh, yeah, in he's... Get Out, right? So was Brian Tyree Henry, yeah. who's another mm-hmm. great actor. Um, what was I just watching with him in it recently? Oh, Eternals. He's Fastos. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah Edge of he's, Tomorrow. He... I, I think I think suffered from like just bad marketing, man. Like it. Yeah, it, just... it did. It did. But it was a good, it was a good movie. It was, it's a solid, solid science yeah. fiction movie. It really yeah. is. And um, last one I'll throw out there is from 2010: Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, that's a great movie, <laughs> right? Alan Tudyk and um, yep. I forget his partner's name, but it is, it's so refreshing. It's so funny, 
and yep. it comes out of nowhere and it's just it's such a great blend of horror and comedy and just everything i absolutely love that flick yeah some of the other ones i mean we've already covered them on this show before like tropic thunder idiocracy those movies right. of course caught me but we've covered them in much more detail already <laughs> yeah no that's true yep so yeah i mean i'm, I'm good you guys good <laughs> yeah i'm good uh, i'm sure i'll think of more later but you know oh yeah of course as of right now of those course. those ones like they're those movies you don't like or truman show <laughs> like there's another one for right you. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly we got Where you just never really know what the fuck's going on you guys see oh, let me in yeah that's just fucked up little swedish boy my god yeah yep. yeah oh that's <laughs> you talking or, about the original um, swedish or the remake the original yeah the original yeah. i mean the remake's okay but the original is so frigging like just or the opposite of let me in get out <laughs> yeah. Yes, man. Yes. Get out was fucking that. That was a wicked movie. I love oh, Joe, you know what your other one doing? Caught me off guard in the craziest way ever was Keanu. With the fucking, yeah, that was uh, funny. I left my Keanu ass off. Yeah. yeah. Oh I did. god, I, that was, I, that so was good. way funnier than it had the right the, to be. The whole like George Michael fucking yes <laughs> bit exactly. Yeah, he's light skinned though. <laughs> I know. He has father um, issues too. Yeah. <laughs> There was this other guy. You ain't never heard from him again. <laughs> Whoa, he killed him. Never heard from him again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great. That's so much fun. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, right, so these boys. were just movies that caught no, us listen, off guard. It's, it's, it's late and it's a it's, Tuesday, so we have work really tomorrow. Late. So, uh, appreciate you guys hanging out with us here. Um, Join us in the movie episodes. One of our next bonus episodes coming out. It's going to be our where we're starting our MCU uh, recaps. Um, we're going to hit you know all the single movies and the big ones, and then eventually lead up to a full episode on Endgame. Yeah, that'll be a long one. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be. I don't know. We might have to talk about splitting that, but that's a we long might. One. And you might be a seven parter. You want to hear us cry, man? Me and Doug will cry our God damn I probably won't cry. Yeah. No. You keep oh, us in check. It's a guarantee. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'll be like noob noob master 69. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, well, anyways, guys, uh, if you want to uh, join our Patreon, you can do so. We have some wonderful people on there. Uh, Doug, you want to give them a shout out? Yeah. So we'll read that list. We've got uh, Hannah Christ, uh, Peter Bianco, uh, Brian Gower, RJ Smith, Will Lehu. Tony DeGraw and Michael McVeigh. We love you all. We really appreciate that support. Yeah. And you, if you want to become one, you can go to patreon.com backslash MOTCU. We also have two amazing sponsors that for some reason believe in us. <laughs> for some reason. We're yes. doing good things here, Joe. We've earned it. <laughs> A huge thank you to Hourglass Brewing in Longwood, as well as our friend Mo DeWitt from DeWitt Law Firm. Injured on the go. Just combo.com. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, we'll see you guys on the next one. Lights. Camera. Fuck off. Hey, guys. We've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh, yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. 
Oh, I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> Are you, though? Listen, guys, we, we need your help. Uh, to help keep the lights on, as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits... Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but I'll say for anything picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, Patreon.com/slash/MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie.